I am excited about talking to you today about the gift of tongues. Uh, it's part of our church life series. Mark, if you remember, spoke a couple of weeks ago brilliantly on the gift of prophecy. He said prophecy is about speaking our natural language. Well, today is about speaking uh, in the tongues of men and of angels, supernatural language. And Paul describes the gift of prophecy as the greatest gift because it builds up the church. And I want to just say that tongues is also the greatest gift because when we use it, it builds us up too. So tongues stands apart from all the other gifts because it's the only one that you can use at will. Wherever you want, wherever you go, whenever you need it, you can use the gift of tongues because tongues is a permanent dispensation and it's continually available. God has given it to us to strengthen ourselves. Isn't that amazing? I think that's cool. So what are tongues? How do we use them? How are they interpreted for the benefit of the church? I'm going to talk from 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and I'm going to do a whole load of other verses as well. But let me just read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 14 first of all. Verses 1 to 25, it's a long reading, and I've kind of wrestled over whether to read it or not, but I think it's so important that I read it to you. So here it is, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And I'd like everyone to be speaking in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters... If I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will that be to you? Unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds like a pipe or a harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there's a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? And so it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? You'll just be speaking words into the air. And undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I don't grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. And so it is with you. Since you are eager, jubilee, for the gifts of the Spirit, I thought I'd just apply that to you, Try to excel in those gifts that build up the church. For this reason then, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will always pray, also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you're praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving 
because they don't know what you're saying. You're giving thanks well enough, but no one is edified. And I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. In the law, it's written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues, then, are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, well, would they not say that you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Verse 39, Therefore, my brothers and sisters... Be eager to prophesy. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. But everything needs to be done in an orderly and fitting way. Wow. There's quite a lot to get through. So for the whole afternoon, we're going to be unpacking. <laughs> um, I've tried to do justice to this passage. I think it's an important subject to address as part of our uh, church living series, being, uh, being a church that's on the move. Uh, so first of all, what are tongues? Well, they're either the languages of men or angels, it seems. That's in chapter 13, verse 1. So there are both earthly and heavenly languages. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12.10 that there are different kinds of tongues, presumably different languages for different places and purposes. That's quite an intriguing thought, isn't it? So at different times, God gives us different languages for different things. Um, I once prayed in tongues by accident at CU at college once. I didn't mean to, but it just kind of came out. I was praying quietly. I wasn't doing a loud one. And the girl next to me was a Jewish Christian believer. And she said, I didn't know you speak Hebrew. And I said, no, nor did I. <laughs> but apparently I spoke in Hebrew and she understood everything I said. And through that... Helen, she was called, got filled with the Holy Spirit, became a spirit-filled believer, Jewish believer, as a result. We don't know the languages that we speak. Some people might understand them, and it may be an incredible sign, a blessing to them. But does everybody speak in tongues? Well, some teach that unless you speak in tongues, you're not filled with the Spirit. But many others don't think this is right, uh, because not everyone who was filled with the Spirit in the book of Acts immediately spoke with other tongues and Paul doesn't seem to think so either because he asked this rhetorical question in 1 Corinthians 12 30 implying that not all speak in tongues do all speak in tongues presuming that some don't having said that it would be true to say that lots of spirit-filled people do and I would certainly encourage people who haven't experienced the gift yet to ask for it Paul says he would like everyone to speak in tongues, which must be a reflection, I think, of God's heart for us. And my observation is that those who don't speak in tongues and spirit-filled don't do so for other reasons. So intellectual ones, 
for example, not really understanding the gift or, or, or doubting what it's for and wondering about it. So I hope that as I explain it a bit to you today, it's going to help you if that's the category that you sit in. Um, I didn't speak in tongues until several months after I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and then I only had a few words, like a baby really, learning to talk. And as time has gone on, I've learned and matured in this gift and I think that God's given me many words now, many languages even. They've got different sounds for different occasions. I think I would speak at least two or three languages in tongues now according to what they sound like in my ear anyway. So what is the purpose of tongues? Well, first and foremost, it's for edification. That's verse 4 four to 5. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, builds themselves up. Unless someone interprets so that the church may also be edified. So there's edification personally, but edification for the church. It's given to build us up, to strengthen us. Uh, and, and then if it's interpreted, it strengthens and builds up the church in the same way that prophecy does. And over the years, uh, for me, I've kind of developed a habit of praying in tongues when doing all kinds of things to keep that relationship going with the Holy Spirit when I'm driving or when I'm walking or just to stay in his presence. It's a way of being mindful to him. Not usually out loud, especially if I'm driving with other people. It can be off-putting, although it might be comforting for some that I'm praying while I'm driving. Uh, uh, but it's, and especially when there are unbelievers present, I wouldn't do that. But under my breath or even in my mind, I've discovered you can pray in tongues in your mind or in the moment when I need to turn my attention to God. Like, God help, pray in tongues. I found it to be a really powerful gift also to use in spiritual warfare. I don't know if you've ever had that dream when you can't shout the name of Jesus. You've woken up and there's been a, a, a kind of a presence in the room and you've just found it overwhelming. And I had one of those occasions and I, I, I literally couldn't speak in English for a moment or two, but I found I could speak in tongues. So I prayed out in tongues and then this, this evil entity left, left the room. So we mustn't despise the gift of tongues. We mustn't neglect it. It's to strengthen us in our walk with him his mission and his purpose that he's given to us. So if you want to grow, if you want to grow in God, if you want to grow stronger in your faith, speak in tongues. If you want to overcome, speak in tongues. If you're discouraged, sad or happy, speak in tongues. Make a priority of using this gift every day throughout the day and you'll grow and be transformed by the power of God just as you go about your business. It's a wonderful gift. And you can accelerate your quiet times with it also. You know, if you just have to snatch a few minutes, just pray in tongues. And it seems like you get accelerated quiet time. That's my experience. It's also for, pray it's for praying, it's for singing, and for praising in the spirit. So verse 14 there, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my understanding. Well, for me, praying in tongues or singing in tongues is the quickest and most efficient way to get into the spirit. To get filled with the spirit. And... As we speak in tongues, it seems that the Spirit fills us 
and lifts us to heavenly places. It's why I will often encourage us to start our meetings together by lifting our voices and giving praise to God, especially by speaking or singing in tongues. Because as we do this, we come into the presence of God. We come into the Holy Spirit very quickly. And so in my times alone, I'll often pray in tongues while my mind is free to wander. You know those times when you're struggling to pray and you can't think what words to use? Pray in tongues and let your mind wander. It's okay. This is a gift that God has given to us. And after a while, I'll find that I can pray in English. I'll pray what my spirit has been praying in English so that I can come to some kind of agreement in my own heart with what the Holy Spirit is praying through me. The other times that we can use the gift of tongues are where human words are inadequate or exhausted. Sometimes when we encounter God, we can be overcome with awe and wonder, and English words are just not sufficient to express whatever other language that you speak in. We just can't find the words to express the awe that we are experiencing as we encounter him. So we don't need to be tongue-tied in his presence. We can express our hearts to him this way. Well, sometimes it is really that we just don't know what to pray for. As we look around the world, as we see what's going on, sometimes it's just overwhelming. Life can be overwhelming, devastating. And so how do we pray when we don't know what to pray? Well, we can use the gift of tongues and we can pray perfect prayers every time. You ever wanted to get all your I's dotted and T's crossed when you pray? Pray in tongues. Because according to what the Bible says, we pray in accordance with his will by the Holy Spirit. So if you look in Romans chapter 8, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we should pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I don't know about you, but I often run out of things to say when I come across things in people's lives and some of the things that people have to endure. When I look around the world and see how people behave, when we face tragedy, suffering, sickness, despair, we can turn to this wonderful gift, intercede and even groan before God in the Spirit. So I often pray in tongues when I pray for people, not assuming that I know what to pray about their situation. Whether it's for healing or for deliverance or freedom or overcoming a problem that they're stuck in, pray in tongues. And this is verse that uh, Paul talks about there in verses 21 to 22. That he says that tongues are a sign for an unbeliever, a sign unbelievers. I just want to touch on that. But it says in verse 21, in the law it's written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. It's a rather strange couple of verses. Uh, But what this is about is if there are unbelievers present when we speak in tongues and they don't know what we are saying, it can further isolate them from the possibility of responding to the gospel and they just think, you guys are crazy, you're out of your minds. And they can completely miss the sign that tongues are meant to be, that good news is for people everywhere, every tribe, tongue and nation. 
So if we can't handle the gift of tongues properly in public worship, Paul says, it would be better that you prophesy because at least people will understand this, unbelievers included. But the opposite is also true. You know, if people do understand what is being said, as in Acts 2, where the apostles are out on the street speaking in tongues, in verse 12 there it says that those who heard were amazed and perplexed. What shall we do, they said, as they heard these untrained men declaring the wonders of God in their own languages? We've had this uh, in the church here. On one occasion there was a lady of Indian descent who was in one of our meetings and uh, my friend Steve Wicking prayed out in a tongue and then there's that awkward silence where nobody quite knows what to do so I thought, well, I will bring the interpretation. And at the end of the meeting she came up to me and to Steve and she said, that was amazing. I said, what? What was? She said, you spoke my five native languages speaking to Steve and I understood every word that you said I said oh crumbs how was my interpretation (laughs) she said well not bad (laughs) an interpretation but not a translation but the sense of it was right so encouraging and she said to her she was a Christian um, and, and she said to her it was a sight she'd come to our church needing to hear from God And God has spoken to her through this. The declarations that were made resonated with her heart and encouraged her. So in the context of of our gathering together as church, it doesn't mean that we have to stop using the gift of tongues. We just have to use it well. We have to administrate that gift well, especially with visitors so that they know what's going on. So that's the purpose of tongues. So how do we know if we have this gift? Um, well, try it. <laughs> try to speak in tongues. Uh, or ask the Father for it, because it says that the Father is more than willing to give good gifts to his children. And I think you will agree it's a good gift. If we can build ourselves up, if we can strengthen ourselves and build up the church also, it's a very important gift. But as one person says, speaking in tongues is not an act of divine ventriloquism, but an act of collaboration. It might seem obvious, but it's not God who speaks in tongues, it's you. So you actually need to speak. Some people switch into this kind of passive mode when they're trying to speak in tongues, Uh, waiting for God to speak through me like some kind of medium. That's that's not what tongues are about, waiting for God to... You speak, speak, uh, that's what you do, And the language, well, that's what he gives. So in Acts 2, 4, it says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They began to speak and then the enabling came. And for some people, the first time could be something that bursts out of them. Like one guy I was praying for years ago spoke in torrents of tongues. Instantly he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was quite dramatic and quite exciting. But others, for others, it starts quietly when you're alone in your private time with God or when everyone else is speaking out together or even when we are singing together in the Spirit. The main thing is to have a go. Have a go at speaking in tongues. But I want you to know that this is a gift of desire. This is something to, 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 to go after, but not to get worked up about. 
Actually, Paul says, if there's a choice between the two, pursue the gift of prophecy. If there's a choice between the two. So I want to just talk now about interpretation of tongues, how we interpret them, and uh, because that's really important. If we want to build up the church, we want to be able to interpret tongues too. I mean, it's obvious that when there is a time where the whole church is speaking in tongues or singing in tongues, that no interpretation is necessary because we're all addressing God together. It might be helpful to have an explanation for people that are visiting, but no one interpretation would be adequate, would it, if we're all speaking out together? So that's not what I'm talking about. Interpretation is needed when a tongue is brought with a particular anointing to lead the church into prayer, praise, or wonder. It gets the attention of the whole church. And so Paul describes it like this in the the next part. I didn't quite get to this when I read the passage. It says, verse 26, What shall we say then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All these things must be done so that the church is built up. But if anyone speaks in a tongue, notice it's not tongues, but a tongue, Two, or at the most three, should speak. So guys, when somebody speaks in a tongue, you can also speak in a tongue. And another one, two or three. It's funny how we hear one and we think, right, that means we're going to go quiet then. No, if it's bubbling up, you can also speak in a tongue, two or three. And that's because there was an excess uh, in the Corinthian church. Paul just said, look, just keep it to two or three. Calm down, everybody. You know, we need to interpret. Uh, Two or three should speak, and then... Someone must interpret. I suggest that there might also be multiple people need to interpret. And if there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet, speak to himself and to God. That doesn't mean they're under discipline now and can't speak or anything like that. It just means just hold back. There isn't an interpretation there, uh, and that's okay. So this is when a tongue is brought specifically for the strengthening of the church. It's not to build up an individual. It's sometimes called a message or a prayer in tongues. Um, Often it comes at the beginning of a meeting, particularly for us. And you kind of think, oh, it's just some kind of formula. It actually isn't. I think supernaturally that's significant because it's often the first of the gifts that opens up the others. So I don't know if you've noticed that often after a tongue is brought, there's a change in the atmosphere and suddenly others want to prophesy or there's words of knowledge released or there are other gifts released. So it can be very significant to bring a tongue early on. It's kind of setting the tone. This is what we're going for. We want the supernatural amongst us. And so Paul is talking about a tongue and there should be no more than two or three. So we don't just stop after one. We can have multiple tongues. But when they are brought, then the gift of interpretation is needed. Uh, so let me just talk about the gift of interpretation. It, it's given, you see, by the Holy Spirit when it's required. It does say that there is, there is no interpreter, but I think there's also a gift of interpretation. There are some people that will often interpret tongues, um, but more often than not, it's about the gift of interpretation being released in the church. Let me just read what Paul says in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
it says, verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Uh, Sorry, each one, did you hear that? It's not just people at the front. To each one there's a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, the gift of discernment, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. So it's a manifestation of the spirit, and John Wimber describes it as, it's like the dancing hand of God. It's dancing, the spirit dances over the congregation, so okay, who's, who's awake? Who's ready? Who's available? Who can I use? Ah, that one. (laughs) And then the Spirit comes on that one. That's just a picture of what it's like. Um, And he distributes, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, verse 11. He distributes them to each one just as he decides. Pick me, Lord. (laughs) Use me. So after a tongue or a series of tongues is brought, space must be given for the Holy Spirit to dispense the gift of interpretation. So it's helpful to have a pause where we don't just sit there waiting for something to happen, hoping that somebody's going to do something about this. But actually, that's the moment we say, Lord, bring the interpretation. Give someone the interpretation. Give it to me. You can use me. Bring the gift of interpretation. That's what I'm praying when a tongue is brought. Lord, give the gift of interpretation. Quite often I say, Lord, don't use me this time. Use somebody else. I do it all the time. So let somebody else have a go. So that delights me when somebody else has a go. Um, So that's a good time to pray. When the tongue is brought, use me to build up the church. I want to encourage the church. Or use someone else, but please give the interpretation. And sometimes in the pause, people will pray or prophesy, not realising what the silence is about. But that's why we're waiting. And if this happens, as it, as it does sometimes, occasionally, it's the meeting leader's job to redirect the conversation and ask for the interpretation. The congregation, sorry. And ask for the interpretation. And if no interpretation is brought, then the leader, according to Paul, shouldn't allow further messages in tongues because there's no gift of interpretation. There's no interpreter. And so that gift no longer edifies the church. Now, I have never seen that done. It's never happened, as far as I know. Um, so there you go that, that's just interesting maybe we will have a time when there are so many tongues we can't possibly interpret them all maybe that would be what happens so how do you know if you have the interpretation is this helping you? sorry I know it's a bit, it's a bit like a seminar today but I think it's important for us um, but how do you know if you have the interpretation? well often you'll have a sense of what is spoken even as it's delivered so I bet you didn't know this. The tongue is being brought and suddenly this thought come in, comes into your mind. Oh, the glory of God. He's sitting on the throne. He's amazing. There you go. That's the interpretation. That's the beginning of the interpretation. It's about God. It's about his character. It's a song of praise or love. And as you just wait with an open heart, that other things will drop into your heart. But often with a gift of interpretation... I, you don't get it all. You just get a little sense. And perhaps we'll do a bit of activation in a minute and I'll show you what I mean. You might only have a bit of the interpretation. So bring what you have and stop. Don't try and make it up. 
Bring what you have and stop. That's all I've got, guys. Sorry. That's fine to say that and just say, that's all I've got. Um, someone else can bring the rest. So what happens sometimes is somebody feels like they have to bring the whole thing. They start out well. And then you kind of think, no, that's just their opinion. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> and let somebody else come in. I mean, this just happened a couple of weeks ago, in fact, where somebody brought a tongue. I think mum brought a tongue. And then Tom brought the interpretation. And then Tom was kind of running out of steam. I know, because we talked about it afterwards. And then James brought the other part. And that we had the completion of that tongue. And I thought I could have brought a third part. Because tongues are amazing. They, they cover all kinds of stuff. And there's all kinds of revelation in them on a particular theme or a particular anointing that God wants to bring. So the additional interpretation isn't a correction. So some people think, oh no, because so-and-so brought another interpretation, that means I probably got it wrong. No, it doesn't. It probably just means you ran out of steam and you needed to hand over the baton to somebody else because the dancing hand of God is moving over others as well. Do you understand? It's not a correction, it's a completion of the revelation. And so whilst we're waiting for the interpretation, a, a theme or an aspect of God's character can be highlighted, it grows stronger in your heart, there can even be a sense of bursting. I can't wait to bring this. Please stop the tongues, I can bring this. It's actually quite exhilarating to bring an interpretation. It's one of my favourite things to do, because when you start to speak, you have no idea what you're going to say, and then as you start speaking, it just comes. And I can't pray like that. I'm not very good at doing long prayers, public ones particularly. Um, but when you're bringing an interpretation, you, you just don't know where you're going to go. It's quite exhilarating to bring an interpretation. Um, you might have had, and the other thing that ha some can sometimes happen is, sometimes you have the interpretation before the tongue is brought. <laughs> that happened to you, didn't it? Just a little while ago, to Mark. He said, I was carrying, it's like a burden to bring a proclamation or praise, but I knew I had to wait for a tongue to come. So that's strange, isn't it? But sometimes we can carry a burden of what we need to lead the church in a, an area of praise that we need to lead the church, but just to wait for a moment and allow the tongue to come, which shortly did. So, yes, yeah, so you might have had something before the tongue been brought, and then there's like a permission to go. The tongue brings a permission to go. And the tongue is about praise to God. So it's right that when you bring an interpretation that it's got a kind of an uplift about it. It's, it's soaring in, in delivery. It's not, oh, Lord, you're only good. Um, thank you, Jesus, for being... It's, it's got a lift about, Lord, you're amazing! Because a tongue is meant to lift. It's meant to lift the whole church. So that the interpretation brings our attention onto Jesus. It's a lift. Does that make sense? And then after you've brought an interpretation, you can always check with the person. And this is not a right or wrong thing. It's kind of, did that feel like something of what was in your heart? What I brought when you brought that tongue? Did that kind of resonate with you? And most often, in fact, I've never had it said that people said, no, it was completely nothing like I was thinking. I've never had that. It's, yeah, actually, what you did is you unlocked something for me because I had no idea that was in my heart. But as you brought the interpretation, it's just, yes, 
Yes, I love you, Jesus. So it's a benefit and encouragement to the person who brought the tongue also. I'm often amazed when I hear the interpretation of a tongue because in it we hear the secret longings and desires of someone's heart prayed out through the Holy Spirit for everyone to hear. How exciting it is to hear the love and adoration of someone's heart and how edifying it is for all of us to hear such extravagant praises interpreted. Did you know that's what the gift of tongues is about? A good time to start with the gift of interpretation is in your private time with God. So pray, and sometimes we do this when we pray together in prayer meetings, I say, look, pray out in tongues for a bit, and then start to pray out in English. Because I'm trying to teach, continually trying to encourage the gift of interpretation. If you pray out in tongues, just start to pray out in English, and you'll be amazed at the lift that will often come to your praying as you pray out like that. That's you learning how to use the gift of interpretation. And you'll find out when you do that what you've actually been praying about. <laughs> and you say, wow, I had no idea my heart was so big because the Holy Spirit prays through you. And, you know, you can pray some incredibly good doctrine as well, so you don't need to worry about it when you pray in interpretation. So, there you go. That's the gift of interpretation. So how should tongues be interpreted? Well, a tongue, according to... 1 Corinthians 14.2 is always about speaking to God. So it's not a prophecy that's speaking from God. And so the interpretation will either be praise or prayer or intercession addressed to God. It's a lifter. It lifts our eyes onto Jesus. A great example of this actually is on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 12. It says that as they, they heard the disciples declaring the wonders of God, in their own tongues, in their own languages. They understood what was being said. It's an, and it's an interpretation, not a translation, that we're looking for. Uh, it will have a, the thrust or the emphasis of the tongue, but it won't be a direct interpretation. It might be, but there's no pressure on you for that. Um, one writer puts it, it's the dynamic equivalent of the tongue. So sometimes I've prayed out a particular phrase and I've been overheard and somebody said, oh, I understood that line. This is what you said. You spoke in Hebrew or you spoke in another language. And then they can understand exactly what was being said. And so you do have a translation. But most often it's a, a dynamic equivalent. Okay. So that's the gift of tongues. It's a gift that God has given us to use at any time to build ourselves up and to strengthen us. I want to encourage you to use it. Don't forget about the gift of tongues. You know, some people got chucked out of churches for this years ago. It's a really important gift. We've, we've contended for this over the years. Not my generation, but previous generations. Don't lose that gift. It's so important. And especially uh, for spiritual warfare, to learn how to pray in times of difficulty, times of need, times of war, like we're in now. We need to pray in those heavenly languages that he's given us. So use it. Use it alone. Use it when you're working. Use it when you're singing happy 
trying, but don't neglect it. That's my, my, I plead with you not to neglect the gift of tongues. And you'll grow. You will grow as you pray in tongues. And also use it to build up the church, joining in as we praise with tongues, or as we intercede, praying in tongues, but then praying in English. And sometimes you can pray in tongues in private <laughs> when we're all praying out together. And then you can pray out in English and leave the church. And it's actually an interpretation of the tongue. You've just been praying. So ask for the, and then ask for the interpretation of any public tongue that's brought in the church meeting. But start with your own personal tongue and grow your confidence. And then finally, I just want to say to people that have been praying in tongues for years, you should have multiple languages by now. Don't just pray in one language. You need different languages for different things. So I have a more aggressive sound, as Alison knows, I have a very aggressive sounding tongue uh, that I pray at, at times of conflict. It only comes then, that's when I pray. My normal tongue doesn't sound like that. But there are times where I just go into this other level of intercession and warfare. Ask God for other languages. Um, and, and actually, if you've been praying in the same language for a long time, ask him for more sentences and more words. And you will, and you will as you grow in this gift, you will have more words and sentences. So, do you want to have a go? Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we just love your presence. We love to worship you in spirit and in truth. We love, Lord, when you come amongst us. We love, Lord, when we experience the freedom of your presence. I just pray right now, we pray as a church, Lord, to release the gift of tongues amongst us in a whole new realm, a whole new level of confidence for us, Lord, as we go from here. We want to take tongues wherever we go. It's all about going out. It's a, the river goes out. So as we leave here, Lord, we want to take this wonderful gift that you've given to us. And Father, we want to thank you for it. We want to thank you for how it builds us up, how it strengthens us, and how it also strengthens the church. Father, we give you praise and glory. Amen.